0: Yes lad,
1: UFC fighter Jack Shoyer. You. you can catch me on the latest episode of Ace Podcast Nation. Make sure to give him a subscribe on YouTube. It's uh, youtube.com forward slash Ace Podcast Nation and uh, looking forward to get back on there soon. Should we go soon.
0: champion. Welcome, Danny Hey guys, I'm Sai. Welcome to Ace Podcast Nation, the home of the Danny Batten Fight Show. This is episode number 40, uh, 54. I do apologise. Wow. We're going to be talking uh, last night's UFCs, some boxing, a bit of news coverage, a bit of cage warriors, and a bit of everything else in between from the fight world. You can watch the show, uh, video versions, youtube.com slash Ace Podcast Nation, and download the audio versions at uh, all your favourite podcasts platforms and apps just search ace podcast nation and you'll find us there ace podcast nation also home to many other great shows and series featuring top guests expert analysts and more so uh, give us a follow on so- social media subscribe to the youtube channel uh, but if you do just want to keep it sort of mma and boxing follow the danny Button fight show on instagram and twitter which is at danny Batten fs and uh, a way that's to streamline your ace podcast nation experience as it were but uh, joining me for the last show before christmas it is uh, former cage warriors champion uk mma legend mr daniel button how goes it danny yeah yeah all good yeah uh, i suppose most people heard about the tier four which um, yeah well, i'm living
2: into. so yeah i did a bit of christmas shopping i thought well, I'll, I'll sort of you know
0: one of one of the kids out and then uh, i'll do the rest monday and then boom oh yeah, uh, shops are shut. <laughs> the amount of people who i um like dads and like working dads and this, so they leave it like my one mate he leaves his shopping to christmas eve because he likes the the kind of last minute aspect of it but also like he works like 60 hours a week but he likes doing it, like he likes the buzz of it on Christmas Eve, everyone's busy and he likes it. So he's literally got no Christmas presents apart from one or two he's got for his kids. And he was just like, 10 o'clock last night, he was like, well, what, you know, what am I going to do? Just yeah, like, uh, we're, at, we're actually talking about maybe doing it in the new year. Right? Yeah, it's, at some point it's in the difficult, It's one of them, mate. And uh, joining us is... Joining us again, I should say, is Cage Warriors Featherweight And fresh off his dominant victory versus Kingsley Crawford It is Mr Ben Ellis, welcome mate, how are you?
1: Hi guys, yeah, all good, thank you for having me on again
0: Indeed, top man I would say, yeah, I was hoping to get you on, like, before your fight But obviously you were deep in camp And uh, how did you think it went, mate? Because you were quite agitated afterwards
1: Um... It was, it was a weird one. It was, I, I wouldn't say it was a particularly great performance, despite I thought it was very, very clear that I won. Um, I thought, like I said, the commentary was a little bit misleading. I'm actually really grateful that we ended up having the argument that we had, because you can literally hear me laughing at him, saying that you know you've lost. But I think if it hadn't have been for that, and then Joe Bloggs is just listening to what the commenta- commentary is saying, they were well. They were saying it could be a draw, and it's just so far no. from the case. So, like individually, I wasn't too happy just because I know of a few levels above that. But at the same time, he's a good fighter. Um, his only losses have come to high rank guys, but uh, James Henry and uh, Aiden Stephen. Um, and say first two rounds, I just I shut him down. Um, so yeah, it's it's one of them. Not not too happy, but then obviously happy to win clearly so yeah
2: could be worse. when you say you weren't happy what part of the was you were not happy with is it, is it you had a game plan and initially I, I take it your game plans worked but was there aspects of your game plan that didn't work or what's led to you not feeling happy
1: um, I was really disappointed with the lack of damage on the floor i right. um, say he, he didn't really show any ability to stop the wrestling um, they, they were commenting on his takedown defence being quite good but it's one of them. It's like, um, I think on the first, the first entry, I think we shut down two or three different sequences and then he's down.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And it's like, well, just because you delay it doesn't make it good. Like, good for me. He's going to have to stop what I'm trying to do and then the attack mm-hmm. um, And again, then all the damage on the floor was was little stuff, little, little nicks, other than there was three left hooks on the way to the floor, which hurt him badly. Um, so, yeah, that was the main thing I was upset with, was the lack of damage. Um, I suppose a big part of that, i got to give him credit. But it's one of them. I felt like his only aim was to not get sparked on the floor. Mm. So when someone's being that defensive, like he was only really looking to control my posture, to grab overhooks, but anyone who's grappled, who grapples knows for you to get up, you're going to have to be digging for underhooks. I literally yeah. don't think he established an underhook once in the whole fight.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, so my attitude was well if you're happy to lie there granted not taking too much damage then that's fine I'll just lie on top of you forever Um. so that was the, that was the main disappointment Um. It was just yeah lack, lack of damage um, but then at the same time I literally have not got a mark on me um, so yeah could be worse
2: yeah but I suppose that's when you, you're, you could have two different level of strikers and then a striker at me and disappointed because he just couldn't engage in striking. Like then again, someone can backpedal so much and, and just play disengaging, I suppose. So, you know, sometimes that's not down to, you know, any shortcomings for you, that you didn't get your, your grand a pound off and your damage off as much as you want. You kind of summed it up yourself rather than, you know, taking any potential damage to try and scramble up and make something of each round to try to steer the fight in the heat direction and take risks. He sat there and played played safe, literally physically safe, but um obviously he was letting the, the, the rounds go go slip by. So I don't think you should take it, you know, too personally on yourself that you've done anything wrong. If he's gonna curl up in a ball and, and just play, play super safe but not try to win the rounds, which effectively is what's happened you know, you should uh yeah you can only do what you do and can only fight what you've got in front of you and you had someone that was really cagey. so
1: yeah no thank you mate so, to be honest that's what that's what most people have said like obviously when when the fight ended we had like a day or so and then it was all just um reviews with all my coaches and, and they they pretty much said that mm. um so yeah i need to stop being depressed and just yeah mm-hmm. Uh,
2: but some sort of a great fighter, though, to, to be evaluating yourself and, and, and micromanaging yourself, saying, hey, you know, I've got the win, I'm happy with that, but I want to be in my performance. You know, just goes to show how, you know, how much you're, you're willing to push yourself by stripping back your game and having a look and be like, no, I need to find a way of, of, of doing better there. You know, it, it's, a, it's a good sign.
1: Yeah, and again, it's tricky, isn't it? Because he, he was quite cagey. Um, he was going backwards the whole fight. Um, and then it felt like he was going backwards going backwards he'd throw something really wild and it would miss by a mile and rather than commentating on the defence the commentary was oh if that lands
2: it's right, going to yeah, yeah, and yeah. then
1: my attitude was like well yeah of course like if you swing a bat and it hits someone it's going to hurt but you've got to land the fucking thing first yeah um, <laughs> so yeah that was a bit frustrating and I did I thought whilst I was disappointed with the performance I thought I made him miss a hell of a lot. Um, He is is a good striker. It's not like I'm making some random guy miss. He's a a good striker. Mm -hmm. He's got plenty of knockdowns. um, And he does tend to do damage in his fights. And he didn't barely hit me. Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah, I think so. So, obviously, Jim, we we just had a chat before we started recording about... Like, you were visibly agitated afterwards, like I mentioned. Um, And we've talked, me and Danny, and I think probably the last... In the, we've done two shows of we, since Cage since the Cage Warrior show, and we, it's come yeah. up about the commentary, and I think some fights were frustrating um, from a commentary point of view, and yours was one of them. Like it didn't feel that the commentary was reflective of what was going on in the cage. Um, obviously, Jordan's was another, but there was a couple of others where you just didn't feel like the, the commentary was connecting. To what was going on in the cage? Now, obviously, at the time, you don't know that. You know, you're just uh, you're just fighting. What got you so riled up afterwards? Um,
1: it's it's just my luck that um the fight ended, and for me, then when that happens, everything gets forgotten about. Because once you've had a fight, you can't do anything else. So I went over to shake hands. Um, I offered my hand out, and he said no. So then I told him to (laughs) pray. Which, which he is. I mean, he he just had 15 yeah. minutes to say and do whatever he wanted to do. He didn't yeah. do very much. And then all of a sudden he finds his voice. And it's funny because his nickname is a silent assassin. He <laughs> said, fuck all in the fight. Didn't do any assassinating. And then the fight ends and all of a sudden he's not so silent.
0: <laughs> so, yeah, I just
1: thought he made an ass of himself.
0: <laughs> yeah. It's, I mean...
1: Unless you speak to me, nobody knows that. He Did not he didn't accept the
0: handshake? Literally, no one knows that because it's not on, yeah. Campus. He wasn't on TV, I mean, yeah, yeah. It's a, it's a, it's a weird one, but like, so obviously, I, I think I texted you the next day and I said, like, I didn't really like the way he was being because I felt like, look, you've just been dominated for three rounds, you shouldn't be saying anything, you should just be kind of mm-hmm. take the win. I didn't know he hadn't shit, like he'd refused your handshake. But I just felt like he had plenty to say. And I was thinking, from from my point of view, I was looking at it and I was thinking, you're just being dominated in your fight. Mm-hmm. Just take it on the chin, shake hands, say well done, and then go away and say what you want and do what you want. But in that moment, be a professional and, and like, just, you've had your fight, you've done it, leave it at that. And he just, like you say, he had a lot to say afterwards, which they caught on the camera. They caught both of you sort of going back and forth. But like you said, they didn't catch... Why But You know It is what it is But like For me I get frustrated sometimes With fighters Like In any um, Promotion Where like Do you Do you talk in Beforehand If you're gonna If that's what you're gonna do And then When you get in the cage Do what you're gonna do Say what you're gonna say And then afterwards Mm -hmm. That's gotta be the end of it You know what I mean Because Otherwise it's just I think it makes you look like You lack a bit of class Like
1: Yeah definitely what do you think about
0: that? Go on. Oh, sorry, sorry so
1: if, if you have issues with somebody after you fought, then you probably didn't fight the way you should have been fighting. Um, because again, he, he, they, they missed this on camera. He said something like, oh, I'm not even tired. And he did a one-arm <laughs> push-up. So I just looked at him and I was like, well, mate, if you're not tired, why on earth didn't you try harder? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, Like that's entirely on you And then I just did a press up back Fuck me If you're a pro yeah. fighter You can't do one press up Then fuck me you got to be <laughs> um, So I don't know what the fuck That
0: one, one press up proved. <laughs> it's a weird one Dan what do you think of that Because obviously Like You watched the fight And then you saw the Sort of aftermath And that But obviously you've been You know You're a former Cage Warriors champion Champion in other um, mm. Promotions You've been around the block As it were What um, Like Do you feel like when fighters don't shake hands afterwards, it it just reflects badly on them, I, think, I always think. But I'd be interested in your take on it. Like, if there is... Like, it's not as if Ben and um, Crawford went back and forth verbally for the whole build-up. There was all this animosity. And then, you know, it, there was still a bit of that afterwards. Like, there wasn't that. So it, it was a weird one. i would just be interested in your take on it.
2: Yeah, I've had it before when I fought demao page um you know he was utterly disappointed with his performance and, and he should have been because it didn't get past even one minute in the first round he threw his gum shield down and didn't want to shake hands and so I thought I let him have time to, to cool down and a little later I went into his changing room to say hey look you know I've, I've been sitting really quick as well you know I know what it feels like you know don't want to come back from it but he wanted none of it he wanted none of it even you know, even some time after in the changing room, you know, a good half hour had passed. Um, you know, after we did our med- medicals and mm. whatever. But yeah, th- this happens. I don't know. It just it just doesn't bother me. If, if someone wants to lose badly in, in that way, and then that's up to him. It just it can say something about the character. But I think in in your situation, Bennett, when you know, you, you had this little freck on me after. I just think it might, may well have been just the whole frustration of how the fight went for him. I mean, you talk about disappointments, and you, you know, imagine losing and, and being disappointed because it looked like he just couldn't get any of these game off. And like I say, he was swinging and missing by a mile, and he just wasn't collectively getting anything, anything going. He had his own whole game shut down, and it must have been, you know, woefully uh, frustrating because not only did he lose each round, but. You know, he couldn't even exert himself because he was kind of always being put in check. Okay, he never got the checkmate with the outright finish, but he just never got to express his game. And, you know, maybe that was part of the thing. You know, might the word had got back. You know, you spoke about sending him a message, and maybe that message got back to him, and he felt it made things a little personal. And, yeah. Uh, yeah, who knows what goes through people's head? But you know, us fighters, we're we're a different breed, and. Um, some people act a certain way and some act another way. You know, it's just the way it is. To me, I think when the fight's done, the fight's done, and uh, you know, you could be me about. it. But, I mean, I think even Tanks and Hadley after their their fight, they they, they,
0: have, they, they still spotted their hands afterwards. After all, they're talking, but and there's a genuine dislike there as well, is there? They like everyone, they yeah, do absolutely. not like each other no but there was respect for you know for, for what happened over those five rounds i mean
2: you know luke was like hey you know i, I screwed up in that fight so uh yeah it uh, th- yeah, moved on
0: that's the thing as well with that you use a great example of that image because their um their rivalry their deep personal dislike should we say that goes back years to to like the amateur ranks Obviously, Luke discussed it a bit on our show before, where you know where it came from, and 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 we discussed like we we felt like Jake had been maybe a little bit disrespectful to Luke in the build up to Luke's title fight, but you know that's part of the game. Luke had taken it very personally, and obviously stuff from before as well, but and I think that affected him in the fight, as we discussed, like he made mistakes because he was so eager to put a beating on Jake that he kept doing the the wrong things um but at the end of the fight he still congratulated him he still you know gave mm-hmm. him a fist bump or whatever and like i was always taught and let's be clear like i'm not a fighter i'm not a trainer i'm nothing to do like in terms of mma like that i've never fought in any way like properly but like i i was always taught when with football for instance like it says more about you with how you lose than how you win so like you know everyone enjoys winning, blah blah blah. But like even if there's a serious rivalry there, there's a bit of dislike there, whatever it may be. Like you, if you lose, you take it on the chin, you say congratulations, and you get your frustration out somewhere else. Like that's all the way I was always brought up with every coach, my parents, wherever it may be. Like if you lose, you congratulate your opponent and get on with it. Yeah, you're you're absolutely yeah. right. You see you see people distastefully win. Um, mm. You
2: know, oh, out, standing yes. over and giving
0: them the double fingers. We, it was the it guy was. who did the. Uh, I think I was last year, and he beat, he knocked someone out, and then he done like a like a doggy style kind of thing to him as he was like yeah. KO'd oh, that's on the right. floor. Oh, that's exactly that was? Yeah, And there was that bit of hatred there, wasn't there? Like between them two, but yeah, not the best, I suppose. Um, on classless. I want to move on to something else. Uh, Jake Paul seems to be trying to fight anyone and everyone. Obviously, he beat um, that baseball player a couple of weeks back or well, last week. We talked. We talked about it a bit over the last couple of weeks. Um, he challenged Conor McGregor. Everyone kind of laughed it off. Then he did that video, um, and I got to say, like I've got um, a friend who's a football journalist, um, and he's Irish. He lives in America. He was very upset by that video um, by Jake Port. it's basically like a challenge promo whatever you want to call it um, but he's he kind of calls Connor some names which you'd, you know you you anticipate that but he he very much dug into the Irish kind of side of it maybe a little bit of stereotyping and also he went after Connor's wife as well a bit but anyway, yeah, My so my friend, he's not happy. Like, he felt that if it was any other culture or race or religion, people would be very upset by it. But because it's the Irish, people seem to think it's all right. But I'd be interested on in kind of your guys' take on that. But also, obviously, when he's called out Connor, everyone from people like myself to to people who are like involved in MMA and boxing have just kind of gone, Yeah, okay, that's not gonna happen because, you know, Conor McGregor will decimate him in very quick time. Um, and then loads of uh, like UFC fighters have kind of gone, Well I'll have I'll fight him. Um mm-hmm. I think Michael Bispin has been he challenged so Jake Paul challenged Michael Bispin to a boxing match and Bispin said I think he would be quite interested as you would be. But the one which interests me is um Amanda Nunes versus Jake Paul. Now, that's the one I want to see. But I guess, uh, Ben, I'm interested in your take on like the the Jake Paul challenge because he's, he's, I think in the last couple of days, has proved that he's got 50 or somehow got 50 million uh, US dollars to put up for the fight. So he's deadly serious about fighting Conor McGregor. Um, what did you make of the video, first of all, I guess, the challenge? Oh, I think he's a
1: piece of shit. He is. Yeah.
0: <laughs> he's a piece of shit. Like,
1: um, I think if you're gonna fight someone, then say whatever the hell you want to to, to them about them. It's fine that yeah. you're gonna fight. You know, I don't think anyone can reasonably be expected to be nice. But you 100 percent don't bring family into it. Shouldn't bring mm. religion into it. And even racism is a is a funny one. Like, and yeah. But the the family in particular. Like, if someone ever says anything about my family, then there's no there was no need
0: for, for it, it. Was there? Pattern. No need for it was there? Like they was no, they were so needless, like but the thing which um like I think is I think the reason he said that look, him and his brother have made careers that were being controversial and then they'll apologize and then right
1: now, is So he's technically yeah.
0: fine. But what, yeah. but that's what they do is they do something and they'll apologize afterwards because they know that the initial controversy is much better than them going about it the right like the right way if you like. So if he'd put out a video just challenging Conor McGregor, people would have gone, yeah, well, whatever. It would have got some clicks. It, people would have still watched it. But we wouldn't be talking about it now. It would be gone. But because yeah. he said something which was bang out of order, we're talking about it. So you are right. Um, but, yeah, it's it's a weird one. i got to say, like, I do wonder if Conor McGregor looks at it and just thinks... 50 million dollars is it just easy money eventually? Like, if Jake Paul keeps running his mouth and saying similar things, will Conor McGregor eventually just go, do you know what, for another, you know, for 100 million dollars again, will I just go and beat the shit or and take the money? I don't know.
1: But, they never do it, never made though, will they ever?
0: No, they can't. But this, this, that's what they said when, if you remember when they did the, the run up to the Mayweather fight. People were saying, oh, they'll do the boxing. And then Mayweather was saying afterwards, we'll do MMA. They were never, ever going to do any sort of MMA. Um, And there was even rumours in the build-up to that, like they might allow Conor to do like body kicks, but not head kicks to try and even the field. And I was like, they can't, like, I... I couldn't explain it. Like, even if you just allowed... A top MMA fighter like Conor McGregor to do leg kicks versus someone who's a box just solely a boxer, or even someone like someone like Jake Paul who's not even a boxer really. Like, I can't stress enough how quickly that would be over just from leg kicks. Like Dan, again, like you guys know better than me. Like, just leg kicks would end it quickly, wouldn't they?
2: well i mean anyone can be taught how to do anything and you know as long as you're willing to take on board you know what you've got to defend against and putting in the right type of training to to become effective in defending it but yeah you know there's elements of conditioning yourself as well and that takes time so yeah it's possible to learn how to defend things and, and try to get yourself effective in that way but you know the fact is some of these like, are going to get through regardless and um and, and you've got to have some form of conditioning because if, if you ain't conditioned, it's only going to take one that's going to start the, the, mm. the tumble to being you know, kicked off your feet, and that's it, you will to stand up properly. So, yeah, and with, with the whole, you know, if the, he's just stoating the bee's nest at the end of the day, trying to draw up attention. Whether the fight happens or not, he's creating more
0: attention. and well, do you and know, know what he
2: did? attention-based.
0: What he also did is he... Um he went after uh, Dylan Dannis as well, didn't he? he? Threw some water balloons or something at him, um, and I just thought, and that's what I mean. I just think if he keeps on with that, I do think Conor McGregor will eventually take that fight. I just think he will because yeah. one, he likes money, as we you know he's proven that over the years. He's a very shrewd businessman, but he's also proven that he's very protective and loyal over the people he cares about. Like you only have to look at the khabib thing with um, Artem Lobov, and I just wonder whether eventually he might just say right, let's do it then. I it will probably a lot of it will probably depend on how the Poirier fight goes. I would say, you know, if he decimates Poirier relatively quickly, he's probably going to be on course for a title fight. So then it might not happen because he's not going to want to mess about with that. If he was to lose to Poirier. Then I wonder whether, you know, it because so does it become more appet, like, um, appetising to him if he was to lose to Poirier? Yeah, ben, do you think?
1: Not in not terms of easy money. No, I don't want
0: to see anything like that. I don't want to see it, but yeah. I'm just saying to him as a businessman, and you got this guy running his mouth about your family, your friends, and it's like a lot, a lot of money. Um, I,
1: don't I don't know. I think it's a point where he's lost so much money. I
0: think. Yeah. Like, I don't
1: know. It's like, a tough
0: one, is I just, I, I just wish the poor brothers would just curl up and die at yeah, life. yeah, yeah, i got to say. <laughs> I, um, I would love it if they could somehow put on, like, the freak show fight of Amanda Nunes versus Jake Paul. But I just don't see how it can be done because...
2: But guys, see, at the end yeah, of the day, I just wish they offered me that money to come out of retirement and do it because I would. <laughs> be well, happy. that's it, mate, isn't it? <laughs> and it it's God, as well, but
1: he yeah, yeah
0: it's, it's so man, I'd give him some oil check as well while I was in there. I, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I guarantee you though, know, mate. Right, someone one that he will fight someone from the UFC in the next year, I just don't know who it's going to be because yeah, I think the there's there's so many fighters now chipping in. Eventually, they're going to find like the right mix of it. Like, it's got to be a big enough name, but also. I don't know. I just think it will happen because there's so much money on the table. Like at the, end of the day. at the
2: end of the day, he's got he's got what he wanted, which is people talking about it. It's getting attention, and you know, look at us now.
0: We're all talking yeah. about it.
2: If it, if I cool. was
0: Dana White, I would give him Chimaev. <laughs> that's who I would give him. <laughs> but he got to, he's got to do it in full MMA rules. I don't think that would be a good idea because you know full World something to be said about his religion and with the way things are in the world that would not
2: be a good idea. Yeah. I tell you what oh, I it's made...
1: worrying, isn't it? Some of these YouTubers and like social media people—they got, they have no morals at all. They'll say no. whatever they oh. to say. together. yeah, it.
0: yeah. And yeah. those two are the those worst rep Those two are the yeah. worst rep
1: McGregor himself is a scumbag when it comes to that, isn't it? Some of the stuff he said.
0: Oh yeah.
1: About mm. Habib is just yeah, he's as bad as he crossed the line, didn't he? 100% yeah.
0: Yeah, it'd be, and, and he came v- very close to the line with um, Mayweather in the one. Pro, uh, you know, they did that like promotional tour where they did like the big press conferences, the two of them, and I think they went to like Ireland, LA, and somewhere else. Yeah, and there was, it was one. Really cool, wasn't it? Yeah, it was really cringy. All of them were, but there was one where, like, I think he called him boy or something, and it was getting a bit like uncomfortable, mm. and I just think. I don't know, I don't, I don't want to see it, I, I begrudge talking about it, but there we go. Let's talk about boxing, though. Um, so we had some interesting fights um, last night. You had, um, what do we have, Glofkin, did, no Glofkin didn't fight, yeah, Um ignore me. Uh, Canelo. Canelo, sorry, I get confused. Canelo fought um, Callum Smith last night, I know you didn't watch it, Dan. Ben, you did. Um no one's touching Canelo, are they, apart from Golovkin? Do you think?
1: Uh, yeah, pretty much. Um, like I, I, I really rate Kylen Smith. I think Kylen Smith's excellent. I thought that Canelo was going to beat him, but I thought there might be initial trouble getting past his his jab just because he's so long. And mm. I thought that when he did get past his jab, we'd be surprised how good Kylen Smith is on the inside because yeah. everyone has said that about him from the start. Like the um, the perception is just because he's tall. Get inside and he's done, and his brothers even said they're like, That's so far from the case. Um, so I know you put a couple of them down with body shots when they and they were all just laughing about it. Mm-hmm. Um, so I thought that when Canelo got inside, there might be a brief phase where he's surprised how good he is on the inside, and then he'd figure him out and beat him. But he just dominated him, didn't he? Pretty much from the off,
0: yeah, yeah. And like, I saw a lot of people, like boxing media people, saying he didn't turn up and things like this. Do you think that's fair? To say he didn't turn up, or is it more Canelo is just that good? Um,
1: I reckon it's eighty twenty, Canelo's okay. that good. Um, although I didn't know until like literally like twenty minutes before we did this, he um he tore his bicep in the Smith.
0: Oh, Alright, okay. Yeah,
1: there's there's a photo and they confirmed that yeah he detached his bicep yeah like, quite early like in the third round.
0: Wow, that's uh, that's some. Balls of steel made to to fight a whole fight against the best pound for pound boxer in the world probably, yeah. like or one of them at least. Do you know what I mean? Like to do that, and he didn't disgrace himself. Like do you know, do you know no. what I mean? It wasn't like embarrassing. It, it was just a dominant victory.
1: Yeah, and I tell you what as well, Canelo hits fucking hard. I mean,
0: oh God, I mean, yeah.
1: Like he do you just know hits um, so hard? Even though he struggled to land that clean that often, because again, Canelo is world class, is Yeah. You're just watching him When he was hitting his guard You just think Oh my god If anything here Lands clean Yeah Carlem's going to be on the moon So for him to stay in there With that injury
2: Is yeah Fair play to him
0: What um, Like If you're The boxing Matchmakers Who would you match Canelo up against next
1: To be honest it's I am not that Good with boxing anymore mm. Just because of all the bullshit That's been like I'll follow sure. The champions Um Like I like Billy Joe just because I think Billy Joe's slick, yeah. But Canelo's kind of, I like. A couple of years ago, he struggled with um, Arias Landy Lara and a few people like that, like quite slick movers. But I think he's kind of developed past that now. Um,
0: yeah, it's a difficult one, isn't it? Because you've got, like, he's beaten everyone, and the only one who's got any really got close to him is the, the guy he's fought twice already. And it's where the people want to see that again. But one of boxers' biggest criticisms, of course, is you know, they don't put on the big fights when the guys are in their peak. Which takes us, obviously, back to uh, Joshua and um, Fury. I wanted to ask you, Ben, obviously, me and Dan, we talked about it last week with Brett and before with ja- uh, Jack and Richard Shaw. Like, do you think we're going to see Fury and, and uh, AJ next year? No. <laughs> me neither no i, I don't think it's gonna happen it's
1: they, to be honest i don't really give a shit about it anymore
0: i this mm-hmm. is why i said to danny last week Dan, wasn't it like i'm getting to that mm-hmm. point where like if they don't do it in probably the first sort of four months of 2021 i know probably i just could be like well whatever i don't care anymore yeah like, I,
1: and I, 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 Josh, I didn't watch joshua versus bullet just because again no. like I'm kind of over it and then, but i hear they asked him about Fury And he gave a roundabout answer
0: Yeah It's like Nah no, come it's on like, now. You Get fucked man like. Yeah i I bored Like bored of it Like because If you're not Like it was the same With Mayweather And um, Pacquiao Wasn't it They never fought each other Until they were at the end Of their careers They they dodged mm. that fight Not to say the fighters Dodged it But for whatever reason They couldn't put it together And that's That's the biggest problem With boxing Is there's so many Management companies And you've got zone, And you've got Eddie Hearn and you've got all the, and then you've got all the different WBC and all this ridiculousness. And then you Mm. add in the fighters. It's so difficult to just to make a match. And I think Mm. people want to see the best fight the best. And if you're not, if you haven't done Fury versus AJ or Eddie, it's kind of like, well, what are we doing? You know, what's the point? Like we may as well just put on freak show fights with YouTubers and, Call it what it is, yeah. Because
1: did you know Roy Jones and um, Tyson? They apparently they cleared a million pay per views,
0: yeah. And like, yeah, I scholars, see that
1: that's the only thing they give a shit about
0: His is numbers that yeah.
1: under pay per view. So, yeah, they'll put on a free show fight because it sells, um, but then but it's the sport,
0: yeah. It does because, like, at the end of the day, Fury versus Joshua would smash million views, million pay per view buys easy, yeah. but. They won't put it on And like They're not getting Like Fury's not getting any younger And like he's proven Time and time again That he is the best boxer British boxer in the world Best boxer Heavyweight in the world Like he's got nothing to prove I feel like it is Joshua Who's got something to prove Particularly when it comes to Fury Because I don't know I say it's a weird one But Wish they just get on with it To be honest
1: I tell you one thing about normally like when we have this discussion with people who don't know anything about combat sport or anything, I'll say, look, it's it's always going to be the promoters making yeah. the fight hard to happen. But I honestly mm-hmm. think in this instance, it's Joshua.
2: Yeah, he doesn't fancy does it, it, does he? I, yeah, I he get does. that. Sense. Dude, yeah.
1: Fury's yeah, like, being so vocal, yeah. isn't he? It's
2: like, yeah. Yeah, look, money ain't an issue because they're also thinking rich. so stinking rich. Sorry, that's not really you know, uh, it can be an issue. It could possibly be the management of, of the fighters, I guess, you know, people behind the scenes. Promoters is, is another one, but I, I kind of feel the same, that Joshua don't want to put himself on the line. I think sometimes in boxing, uh, in modern times, there's some cowardry there. Yeah. Um, they don't want to put it on the line. You know? and, um, there is ways to, to dog each other. And it's, it's not like that they need to fight each other for the money because they get paid so handsomely anyway. But in, in the MMA community, everyone's you know, trying to find a way to earn a decent living and life-changing money, so they want to fight the best you know, all, all times, which is why MMA just growing and growing and growing and has done for, for several decades now. Each top fighter wants to get on with another top fighter and find out who's who and, and get that payday. But, yeah. Yeah.
1: I say well, like one of the worst ones I've ever heard. And I don't want to talk too bad about him because apparently like he's a gentleman when it comes to charities and stuff, but when Amir Khan said he didn't want to fight Kelberg because he didn't want Kelberg to get paid. <laughs> yeah.
0: It's just yeah. like, oh, mate, <laughs> fuck off." <laughs> oh, yes, yeah, yeah. It's, it's uh it's a strange one, isn't it? Like obviously Amir Khan made millions and millions from boxing, but actually like over the the latter part of his career he hasn't done very well like he's lost a few fights when it's come to the the really big fights in america he's kind of not done that well um but he's made his money um and i mean that you know there was talk about putting him against some of the greats at one point i don't think he's up there to be honest but what can you say like until boxing until boxing genuinely starts putting on these kind of super super fights of the best versus the best in each division like i just feel like it's not going to be taken it's not going to hit the heights that it once was at least because the one thing which i always say when anyone tries to compare boxing and mma where you'll say like if they're casual fans for instance they'll sort of say oh well you know boxing is more mainstream people know who boxers are or whatever but like that's just because boxing's been around longer. Like, yeah. when people get into MMA and they watch it, like, regularly, they realise that the one thing which MMA does so much better than... Not the one thing, but the main thing that they do so much better than boxing is when they've got a super fight to be made or it's the best versus the best, they do it. They don't yeah. f- fuck about They do it and they get it done. It's like... And that's what you've got to do. And That's the point of combat sports, isn't it? Like, that, yeah. it's. And I,
1: I tell you what, as well, even, um, even like, um, quite young professionals, like, yeah. Cage Warriors matchups on this last trilogy, like,
0: yeah, they are um, like both trilogies, mate. They've yeah. like been. There's so
1: many examples. They like one that stood out on my card was, um, uh, Nathan Fletcher and I think it's Lee Mitchell. Hmm. Like, those two fighting really. Me and, me and Crawford, to be fair, like, dangerous fight for both. Um, I can't say his last name, but. Your boy Jordan, Danny, and Paul. George and Vucinic <laughs> Like, there's so many fights where you're watching and you're like, "Fuck me, this is, this is could go either way."
0: Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. When we did the show with Richard and Jack, it was the week before Cage Warriors Down, wasn't it? And um, we did it. all the predictions. And when we actually went through fight by fight, there were so many fights where you were like, "Yeah, it could go either way." Mm. And they were genuinely like, "But they're the fights people want to see." They're, you know, do you know what I mean? We don't want to see Jordan fight like a nobody who he's gonna crush in twenty seconds, or Paul Hughes fight just some guy who's, you know, one wins, one loses, one constantly. We want to see him fight someone who's gonna like they're gonna to go toe to toe for three rounds, and it could go either way. Um, it's yeah, restra-
2: so, a lot of that can be, you know. You know, something's got to be said, really, for Ian Dean. You know, he's the matchmaker. Yeah. You know, he does put up some awesome, awesome matches. Yeah. He really, really does. But you've got to commend the fighters because they, they agreed to do it. You know, they, they're willing to always put it on the line. They're, they're fighters, true to the heart, they really are. And, um, you know, they're, they're all in it to win it. But, you know, obviously the consequence in any potential, potential fight is that you could lose. But they're willing to put it on the line to find out, hey, you know, see. see was... Who's the best? Who's not? That's what yeah. I love about the uh, MMA community. There's, there's no hiding behind anything. You know, they just they just put it out there. You gotta love it. Because
1: like you see it like now in the UFC, like the top, even like the top 15, anyone can beat anyone. Like yeah. a phantom wait, What have you got? You got, um, Marais knocked out Aljamain Sterling. Aljamain finished Sandhagen, but then Sandhagen yeah. finished Marais. Yeah, yeah, and it's just like you are three beasts. You they could fight a hundred times, and it could be like yeah fifty-one forty-nine. Mm. Basically, it yeah. shows the shows the character of the fighters that they're willing to do it. I find it so ironic that when MMA started off, the boxing community was saying that it's barbaric. But then yeah. they, they have no issue sending somebody out there when he's going to get knocked out one hundred percent. Yeah, and mm. then at least in the cage, it's say it's fifty-fifty.
0: Yeah. Well, bo- boxing putting in basically amateurs against professionals, isn't it? Like, say yeah. what you will about Conor McGregor, like, he's not an amateur in terms of fighting, but, like, he had no boxing experience, and they had no problem putting him up against the probably the best boxer of all time. Now, I'm not saying it's the same as putting, you know, like a YouTube star in against. um Floyd Mayweather, which is ironically that is what we didn't even touch on that. Logan Paul's fighting Floyd Mayweather. Like to me, that's ridiculous. Um But like you'd never, see, you wouldn't see that in MMA because the best fight the best constantly, and it's like an interchanging thing, isn't it? Whereby you're constantly striving to find out who is the best. So. If you come in, for for instance, like Mason Jones, Jack Shaw, guys like this, who have gone into the UFC over the last few years, they, you know, they've destroyed everyone in their path in Europe. They've gone over to the UFC, the biggest company in the world. They don't just jump straight to the title picture. They have to, they have to start again, and they have to fight their way through the division up into the rankings, through the rankings to get a title shot. Now, boxing doesn't do that. And I think it hurts the the way people view it. Yeah. Ultimately,
1: the, the, the worrying thing is though, like we saw with boxing, MMA, the promotions will get sorry, the other promotions other than the UFC will get bigger. Their monopoly will get less and less to the point where mm-hmm. MMA will be exactly like boxing.
0: Yeah, and, that is a problem, isn't it? Yeah, but like then, you know,
1: it's already happened with boxing, so there's no reason why it won't happen again with MMA.
2: Yeah, let's just hope that the. MMA fighters get played as much as the boxing at some point. Yeah, that's
0: the whole yeah, thing.
2: That's Yeah, that's, uh, that's, that's my big argument. beef with them. Um, I can't remember. There's it, it top MMA promoter. am uh, sorry. One of the top boxing promoters. He's an old fella now. But I know that he was going toe to toe on Twitter or, or on some kind of social media with uh, Dana White. And, and uh, you know, the boxing promoter was right. He said, you know, 80% of all the money revenue goes to the fighters where statistically in MMA, maximum 20% of any feedings go to the fighters.
0: Yeah. I mean, that's
2: yeah. the you know, opposite way around. And you know, I do still feel that the MMA fighters are not getting paid their worth. Okay, you can become a wealthy man or wealthy woman you know, at the top of your game, but that's the few at the top. Um, there's many, many boxes making a, a, a very, very good living that are not always in the limelight at the very, very top. They're still earning a lot more than the uh, MMA guys and girls are. So, yeah, but maybe in the future things will slowly change. Yeah. But then, you know, if it gets that way, maybe MMA will start you know, avoiding each other and we'll have the same issue in MMA as we have boxing, but let's hope that never happens. That's what I think,
1: yeah. Again, I, think, I don't think it'll be the fighters in MMA. It'll be the promoters.
2: Yeah, yeah, they're the ones that cause the, the issues.
1: Yeah. they just like... It's so early days, so I think it's going to be, say, like, probably another 10 years before it happens mm-hmm. in MMA. But I, I think in, with Bella at all now, with um, Patricio Pitbull.
0: No, it frustrates me, they do. The bro- yeah, two of them.
1: Oh, do they? <laughs> the, the brothers, I, like, yeah. I, like, I think Patricio could be the best featherweight in the world from any promotion. Okay. But we were not going to see it.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, because you're not come- going to. Mm. They won't cross over, yeah.
1: Before, there's more and more champions from different promotions. And again, you're not going to see it, and then before you know it, it's
0: bottomed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I guess I think um, I got to say I do. We talked about Bellator a lot over the last couple of weeks. But obviously we had Brett on last week as well. Um, but like we've talked about, or I've talked about, damn, my frustration with their obsession with kind of signing older fighters instead of focusing on like the young fighters coming up who could be the next big thing. And I do think. i don't want to kind of go into it all over again and repeat myself they do seem to be slowly changing that in terms of like if you look at some of the fighters they've signed more recently it looks like a bit more like they're starting to go that way but for for years it was kind of like rampage jackson was out there at 50 something and i don't know it frustrates me but there we go um what did you make a UFC? last night then guys just overall um, Danny you first what overall yeah. were your thoughts yeah I, I really enjoyed the fights you know
2: okay so there's slightly less finishes than some previous weeks that we've been reviewing but
0: um, some really interesting in fights nevertheless so I'm I really enjoyed watching them. what about you uh, Ben do you enjoy the show mate
1: yeah same to, to be fair to them it's, it's always good if, if I was them I wouldn't even so much be from trying to promote the fighters so much it would just be the fact that you tune into any UFC, and it's going to be a good fight, like nine times out of ten.
0: Yeah, it's been phenomenal this year. Like when you factor in COVID and stuff, um, like the UFC has put on some absolutely phenomenal, really unbelievable fights, um, this year and cards. And then when you factor in COVID and the difficulties around it. The amount of shows they've put on i think like for me personally and like i'm sure like danny you'll agree like being able to do this podcast every week and talk about fights has helped get through what has been a real shitty year because you know as much as like we had a lot of fun doing those retro reviews dan it was wicked like i really enjoyed it and i'm looking looking forward you know we might pop back to them now because there's no ufc for i think till the 16th so we might do a few more of them Over the next couple of weeks, like it was a lot of fun, but there's nothing like covering boxing, wrestling, um, MMA every week, and like UFC, I think Can Cage Warriors, Bellator, they all deserve massive credit for Mm. finding a way to put on shows.
2: Yeah, I remember it didn't seem that long ago when you know UFC was you know so much more fewer times on, and it would be such a massive talking point. Because yeah. there, there would only be a certain amount per year, but now they're practically every week, and yeah, so it makes it less of a talking point. Of course, you get your, your your odd matchups that do create so much attention, but um, some of the weeks can roll by where people aren't really talking about it in the gym because it's you know just a regular week. I mean, we're in the line of business of covering them each week, so we have an added interest each time. But uh, yeah, it's amazing that we have been on every single week uh but I, I think it's great i mean i i, I love doing the mma i, I love participating in it as a coach and i love reviewing it as a fan
0: yes indeed so well let's get into it um the pre the prelims like we're, we're going to focus on the main card um but i will say there was one fight on the prelims particular well, the finish of it which really kind of caught my eye but also um the two female fights I thought were pretty good um, on the the prelims. Um, so, first of all, Dan, we'll talk about. Uh, I know you had a quick look at the finish. Jimmy Flick got, um, he, he took home 50 grand for his uh, flying triangle uh, finish on Corey Durden. But uh, what did you think of the finish to that, my friend?
2: Yeah, I mean, how sweet. Um, everyone likes to add to that highlight reel. Um, but most of them come in the form of um, a knockout. But yeah, to, to yeah. get to get a submission from the feet is pretty rare in MMA, pretty damn rare. But I think it, you know um, went in combination with that head kick that he landed. I think it just flustered his opponent just enough. So that when he jumped it, he was able to keep the posture down. I think maybe if he just jumped it with a, a fresh-headed opponent, maybe that wouldn't have pulled off quite as we saw it. But um, I do think that that head kick may have added to the, the whole sequence that allowed it to finish the way you saw it because he did kind of play down low with his posture longer than you really should when someone just jumped it in because to find that triangle when you're jumping it is not mm-hmm. on the feet as you go down. You normally know, you link your ankles into a triangle holding position uh, which is with your ankles and then you button it in behind your knee. Um, mm-hmm. So there is, there is room to escape it. You really shouldn't be getting caught jumping triangles but I just think he was... Slightly and busted by that that head kick. Although it wasn't hugely consequential in knocking him out or knocking him down, um, it just seemed to stun him somewhat and made him stay down over that posture, which yeah, led to him being in that one. But yeah, great. I mean, what a highlight to have. Brilliant.
0: Ever done flying triangle, there, uh, Ben? No, I won't lie. Me, I don't think that's
1: in the uh, that's in the toolbox. <laughs> I think I'd more likely knock myself
0: out.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
1: I got
0: little crab legs. They don't like going up high like that. <laughs> <laughs> um, ben, I, I'm assuming, because you're like a machine when it comes to watching, fighting, you watch everything, didn't you? So I'm assuming, I'm going to assume that you watched all the prelims. What um, What did you make of the Talia Santos? No, which one was it? Uh, the Soraya Eubanks versus Pani Kinzad, uh fight. I thought that was a real good fight.
1: I thought so I'm going to let you down here and I'm going to no, get told no. off this- the girls were on, and I can't lie, I didn't pay as much
0: attention
2: on the girls. Oh, I mate. Felt, oh, my God, Ben. Ellis.
1: You're never going to hear from me again, Anakin
2: You're them. a hot-blooded man. We should be standing <laughs> up for attention when the women are on. Um, no,
1: yeah, they um, I didn't pay that much attention, if I'm being honest.
2: Yeah.
0: That's the blokes. The blokes I got. I yeah. I <laughs> All right, and so i got to say: the, I, the Pani uh, Kinsard versus Shariah Eubanks. Uh, I thought it was a phenomenal fight. And I really think that's, one, it's a massive win for Kinzad. But also, um, we've been treated to the female fights this year have been absolute on another level. To say women's MMA has gone up a level this year, I think wouldn't be doing it enough justice. Like, it been absolutely phenomenal. And in my opinion, the best fight of the year is still... Um I always forget wow, maybe, yeah. yeah I just thought that was so good So good Um Danny I would say to you because I know you enjoy the, the the women fights I would watch the Panikinzad Shiraya Eubanks was the one I'd pick out to watch I um, think you'd okay, enjoy yeah. that one, um, one Alright then Ben I will say uh, Apart from the Jimmy Flick fight Pick one of the prelims that you really enjoyed
1: Let me yeah. What about the
0: Anthony Anthony Pettis one? Say let's say that one because Danny watched that Oh yeah, yeah. So,
1: I, like I gotta give. Uh, I say I know we're gonna talk about the Pettis one. I did enjoy the um, the Ron Win fight as well.
0: Okay, he's such an
1: anomaly being five six at middleweight. Um, yeah. yeah, he's a pass down to Pettis. I love Pettis, they're good. Always it's a good. weird
0: one. So <laughs> after the fight, um, it's been announced Anthony Pettis is a free agent. Um, heading into 2021 he was asked about it at the press conference he said it you know it was a risk taking this fight without re-signing his contract usually he signs a three fights or two fight deal but uh, he's 33 um he's been with the company 11 and a half years wow. Um so he's decided you know he obviously must have signed a contract for this fight but like he didn't sign anything after that he said he doesn't feel like his job's at stake he thinks he's earned the right to fight you know where he is and he can fight with the best of them. Uh, he's on a two-fight winning streak now because he beat Cerrone in May and then he brought, uh, Alex, beat Alex Moreno on Saturday night. But uh, he, he thinks he's got leverage on uh, the UFC. I'd be interested to see what you guys think. But first of all, the fight. Dan, what did you make of it? Yeah, really good. I mean, he had a little bit of a sticky start, didn't they? Um mm.
2: But that Moreno... He uh, performed amazingly um, just a couple of months back. Um, really, really impressive. You know, he can come in full on with his hands because he's got such good wrestling. And, and that's quite a difficult style because he kind of smothers you, he just keeps pressing forward and got the cardio to back it up as well. Um, yeah, uh, yeah. Pettis did slip with a kick, didn't he? And he got himself in a little bit of a sick situation. More like just didn't get things going too great in that first round, but his adaptation of his striking. Which is really his skill set, isn't it? And he's a little hard to read. Um, he's got really good kicks, really good hands, um, he can switch and fight well both both ways, which can be confusing to some guys. And I think that's what really edged it for him over those next two rounds is the fact that he switched up his stance, he switched up his attacks and throwing those kicks, um, spinning kicks and that one rock tomorrow. It's really, really impressive. Um yeah, what he just showed his experience. That's how he's been up say the years. So, you're right, he dropped through his But he had to be deep in that fight, and he did dig deep. Um, but he kept his fancy about the back, and then uh, he kept himself really hard to read. And I think that's really what's really, to his success.
0: A really great performance, really. Yeah, I think so. And, uh, ben, what did you make of this one?
1: Yeah, it's right. The, the exact same as Danny. I thought Pettis is coming from right by Danny was something we haven't seen too much because in the past he's always been just trying to create space for his legs so everyone knew he just run him, he might want to get on the body but then then you're in a clinch with him, it's not so bad but in the second round he you just stepping back ping in the right hand and Then as soon as he created that bit of hesitation on Moreno, it let let, it, it let his legs go and everybody knows what a dangerous kid he is, obviously when he, when he caught him with that hook pick in the third. It's, mm. I can see what he's saying about having leverage because when Anthony Pettis is fighting, everyone's going to tune in the because everyone loves the spinning stuff. Yeah. Um, he just frustrates me because he's just a hes a typical low percentage guy where he'd always go for the low percentage stuff. He's really good mm-hmm. at it, so it's, for him, it might not be as low percentage as somebody else. But like that finish, he's, he's dropping, dropping to his back for a guillotine. It's like, mate, you've just mm. kicked him in the head. Keep it.
0: Um, mm.
1: But then again, he pulls stuff like that off so much. Then yeah, he's you he can do what he wants.
0: Mm. Yeah, it's uh, it's an interesting one though um, for him to come out with a you as a free agent. It's not uh, the usual way they do things. The UFC, you know, they normally like to have their fighters tied up or not. Um, yeah. And obviously, we had Brett on last week, and he discussed how his contract was up. UFC came to him and they he you know they the offer they made him was not what he was expecting not the number he had in mind so he went and uh had a look at his other options Bellator came in with a fantastic offer and he was so he took it and that's the risk they run now with Anthony Pettis because if I'm Bellator I want Anthony Pettis I have got to say yeah. like um so I just think, you know, if they're picking up Brett, they picked up um, Namega Madoff, they have picked up um, Corey Anderson, I'd have Anthony Pettis if I was them. So it'll be interesting because if UFC doesn't make him a good offer, like he's been there 11 and a half years, the fact he's let that run down to become a free agent tells me that he's open at least to hearing what other companies... I've got to say, if that makes sense, yeah. Dan, if, do you think? Go, Ben. Go, mid. It really oh, surprises oh, yeah. no, really
1: me that more fighters don't test free agencies. Yeah. Because their whole basis of not testing it is the fact that they want to know they've got a contract. So it's like, okay, great. Say they've got a four-fight deal. They re-sign after two fights, but there's no security on the contract anyway because you can get terminated at any point. So yeah. Why the fuck wouldn't you just play the contract out and then literally you could do it on Twitter at one championship yeah. at Bellas or at UFC, I am a free agent who's saying what? Yeah. 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 It's like anything, in it? That's how you get your money's worth by creating a bidding more. Like that's what Eddie Alvarez used to do. Yeah. Um, that's the reason he put in so many promotions and then they all say how much he got paid in comparison to others. I yeah, I don't understand it. That's yeah.
0: Yeah, it's uh, it's an interesting one. If like if I'm him, like he's obviously he's talked about it in the the post fight c- press conference. But like if I was him, I agree. He's thirty three, so like this is probably going to be his last big contract, isn't it? Like being realistic, mm-hmm. if he signs a it? three three or four fight deal with anyone, that's probably going to be his last big contract. So why wouldn't you say you know, tweet them all? Tell them yeah. all. Who wants yeah, me? Literally,
1: literally, I mean, yeah. Especially him, because he's only 33, but...
0: Exciting fighter, isn't he? He's had a
1: busy 33, and he's been, he was fighting in yeah, gotcha. the UFC from a young age. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think, what was it? DC made his UFC debut at, like, 32. But then he yeah, had crazy. the same impact that Pettis or somebody who can do an MMA for 10 years has. So it's yeah. all relative to the individual. In it. But, yeah, for him, I would say he's a pretty... Well he's
0: got thirty miles in the park yeah he um, so he like he made his debut for the u f c in two thousand and ten um but he fought in w e c before that for a couple of years, so like he has been you know he's been a busy fighter there hasn't been a year where he hasn't fought like a couple of times at least, and, yeah. like you know, he's fought like Ferguson, he's fought um he was supposed to fight Chiesa. Because of uh, but they got called off because of the the Dolly incident, um. So like he's yeah, uh, I'd be amazed if Bellator and one championship weren't interested in him. Right, let's get into the um, the business of the main card. Very uh, very interesting, very exciting. What was the first fight on the main card? The heavyweights. The heavyweight. uh, marcin Taibura versus the ever popular greg hardy um if you listen to michael bispin in the first round you'd think greg hardy was on his way to a title shot and uh, he is really sorted out he did look better in my opinion than he has than he and that's the one thing i'd say about greg hardy is with every fight in the ufc he's looked a better fighter but when he was taken to the ground, he just did not have a clue what to do to get out of uh, those positions. And equally, he because he's had so many short fights, like the first round, he looked good, sharp, punchy, but he was done. Like, he was gassed, gassed after that first round. Um, ben, you go first, mate. What did you make of this fight overall? I am,
1: I'm not his biggest fan, I won't lie. No, me neither. They're just, they're, he's one of those guys, something always goes on. Like just, yeah, the inhaler, the DQs, there's so many examples. Um, and yeah, so my main takeaway is you see him on the deck and you're like, this guy doesn't know what he's doing.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: So, like, what are, you, what are you doing in the UFC? You well, arguably shouldn't be there. Um, mm-hmm. but you're there because you're high profile and people will tune in to watch you. But yeah, I was surprised he was a favorite money. I couldn't believe that. Yeah, and
0: me yeah. neither. My Me neither.
1: I can't say the guy's name, but... Again, he's Tybura? As, yeah, he's known as a pressure, a bit of grappler, so it's just like...
0: Mm.
1: If he takes him down, it's arguably going to be dead, and then obviously it was.
0: Yeah, it was weird. Like, the first round... Greg Hardy looked good in that first round, i got to say. Like, better than I've seen him look. He looked sharp, his punching was sharp. Everything just looked on point. But then he came out for that second round, and, like, if you watch the... So, you know, like, in between the rounds, there was a guy trying to clean up his nose and he was just pushing him away because he didn't want him to do it, but he wasn't speaking because he was so out of breath that, like, he was just, like, just going like that and he wasn't speaking. He could really struggling, like, really gasping for breath. Now, you know, I'm not saying anything, like, about fighters. Don't get me wrong, like, I admire everything they do, but, like, you should be able to do, like, three rounds as a professional fighter and he kind of seemed to get past that one like the, when he does one more than is one or two minutes of knockout he seems to empty the gas tank quickly um, Danny what do you make of this one mate? Yeah he impressed me more than any other because his striking did look so sharp
2: um, I mean at one point he was lining up Tibor landing what five consecutive hands? actually looked really dire for Tibor at one, at one point um, but Tabura, I've, you know, I've seen him fight numerous times. I'm actually quite a fan of his style. Um, you know, he's tough there. He's a real tough dude. You know, he's not going to back down just because he gets a couple of few hard shots. He's coming right back at you. But I really like the fact that he showed through his experience, and because in that second round he started uh, changing it up, started to try to smother Hardy's game and try and push him at a harder, faster pace. Standing on the outside, Hardy was looking really effective and sharp, and it, w- it was looking impressive. It's hard to argue that. Um, but he struggled to take him down for the first two entries and the first two attempts that he tried. But when he did get him down, man, yeah, uh, Hardy showed a big, big hole in his game. I mean, like I say, he did defend the takedown a little bit, you know. So you know, he's obviously making some kind of improvements in, in his wrestling defense. But the ground, it seems, that he was so clueless that. He just seemed fearful to be there. He curled up. He wasn't doing the right things with his arms. He wasn't framing on the floor to try to get self up off the mat and, and digging an underpummel. He wasn't doing any of that. He just, just curled up um, and just gave it all away. But I do think his weight is an issue as well. Um, he was right on the limit, wasn't he? He was cutting weight to, yeah. to make weight. Um, so that could be said for maybe his lack of conditions training. I mean, a lot of these top athletes now, they have someone doing their diets they doing their their, their strength and conditioning program um maybe you should perhaps be concentrating on that alongside trying to learn the full spectrum of mma but clearly the ground is an issue and uh yeah he's got to address that if he wants to make any further impacts in mma because other fighters are going to see that and they're going to be like hey you know he's learning his striking craft well let's get this guy down on his back where clearly he hasn't got a clue what he's doing
0: yeah, so we, the other thing as well, mate, is um, he, so he's lost twice in the UFC um, and it's been both times he's come up against <laughs> someone who's got anything about him. Like, mm. that to me is a worry if I'm Dana White or whoever, you know, who think he's the going to be their sort of cash cow because, you know, they've put him up against various different fighters. He's destroyed them, knocked them out, blah, blah, blah. But every time he's fought... So he lost last night against uh, Tybura, who's a very, very good fighter. And I think he deserves... You know, even though he lost, um, even though Greg Hardy lost, we're still kind of focusing on him. I thought Tybura was excellent, and he's been yeah. very impressive in the UFC. Um, so, yeah, uh, Volkov was the other person that... Um, greg hardy lost to and he obviously lost his first fight versus or one of his early fights versus uh no his first fight versus alan crowder but that was down to he got himself disqualified if you remember to an illegal Mm. knee which goes to what you were saying ben about like there's always something so he's had like one fight overturned he's had a fight where he was disqualified and that's before you even talk about some of the other stuff outside of the cage but yeah Yeah, I thought Tybura was very good um, and I was amazed that uh, Greg Hardy was the favourite. So next up was a fight. This was the sleeper. This was the one I was really looking forward to and uh, it only went around, not even around. Marlon uh, Marias versus Rob Font. I felt like this was where we were going to finally see uh, Marlon's ground game because he hasn't really showcased it very much considering how high level he is. And um, Rob Font has been impressive. I think it's fair to say these uh, last couple of fights. What did you make of this one, Danny? We'll start with you this time. Yeah, I mean it all started well, didn't it? He, he shot in, got Font down. It it was
2: looking good. But one thing I've noticed about Rice is that he, he has a bit of a suspect chin. Um, mm. He's got suspect cardio as well. Um, so maybe he was choosing to get to the round, try and create some some kind of early finish opportunities there. But uh, yeah, it was looking impressive. But I mean, he was scrambling back up. He was making his hands land very, very early. And um, once he sensed, you know, or a taste of blood, so to speak, he, he was just mm. on it for the finish. Um, yeah. So uh, yeah, I've, I've not been impressed with Myers. For, for I think I've said to you in previous uh, podcasts, I'm not been impressed with him of late. He just doesn't seem to strategize his game well. He's got great leg kicks. He can clearly wrestle and can clearly grapple. He just is not putting it in the correct unison. And yeah, he keeps on uh, letting his opponent in and finding a way to, to, to beat him. And uh, sometimes I feel like he's not letting the opponents find a way to win. He's kind of giving them the win somewhat. And I've kind of lost faith in him stringing together any kind of considerable winning streak anymore.
0: Yeah, it's an interesting one. Um, obviously, Marias is high level in ver- various parts of his game, but he's just having some, some issues, maybe with confidence. But I agree with you, like you've mentioned before, Danny's his chin is a bit suspect, and he started well and got caught. What did you think of Rob Font's performance, uh, Ben?
1: I thought it was really good, because um, I was picking Marias to win. Um, they come out Morais blasted a few kicks and obviously his kicks are incredible he's, like, mm. he's got up like, better one of the best kickers in the UFC
2: Agreed. Um,
1: mm. so he, he took his digs he got taken down um, which was a great read by Morais he got so quick to get inside kicking range he was jumping in so the level changes there for Morais happy days um, yes. but you know, you know when some people just seem to be like working too hard like he's on top of Rob Font and he looks so stiff for a black belt mm. I'm like well I say Font got up a couple of times and before you know it I thought he got tired and I think it was a jab that rocked him
2: yeah
1: and so yeah I, I, I don't know I know, mean, I think he probably does cut too much weight and then just say something about it where like you said Danny, like he doesn't flow the martial arts particularly well because mm. um, I thought yeah in the grappling he got stiff yeah then,
0: it's weird that is because he's um, I think he I think I'm sure that I haven't got it in front of me now. I'm sure he's like a black belt in
1: yeah, yes, BJJ like and stuff,
0: and Yeah, but, but he did. But look we like, haven't really seen that though uh, in you, his fights, have we? Not no, really, actually. no. But it, you know been
2: picked up on a really good point. He did look stiff, and it, it, the way it looked to me, he was trying to grapple as if he had the gi on. And um, yeah, it, it just doesn't suit MMA to do that. And um, yeah, I mean, but, you know, Tom Font got up really, really well. He wrestled the wrist really well when he stood up. And if you see on one of the stand-ups, he wrestled the wrist and then switched to the other wrist as he came up. So, you know, he, he done really, really well the way he got up back up to the feet. Um, you know, it wasn't all just because Morass was, was performing badly. Font was performing very, very well. Um, yeah, I just don't know where Morass goes from here now because he's another one now that's been around a while and his results have not been... Been great of late. um I'm not too sure where he's going to go, really.
0: Yeah, I wonder. I wonder what's next for him because he looked. Uh, I they sh- did like a shot of him after the finish of the fight, and he just um he looked like done. Like mm. just you know when someone just looks mentally exhausted, like mm. he looked. Just like he was staring up at the sky, and the the, the doctor was like checking on him, and he said, "No, I'm fine." So it wasn't like he was like knocked out cold or something. He was just kind of staring off blankly as if he was just didn't quite know what to make of it. Um, mm. Another fight which I was really looking forward to because I just did not know how it was going to go was Michelle Pereira versus Chaos Williams. Chaos Williams has uh, been impressive, I think it's fair to say. Like He's uh, on a good run, knocking people out. Michelle Pereira is massive for the weight division and is so so skillful um so i was very interested to see how this was going pereira picked up the victory via unanimous decision 29 28 across the boards ben what did you make of this one mate
1: see, i i think pereira is outstanding and mm. because he's such a weird bloke he takes away from his own <laughs> ability yeah. everyone's talking about the weird stuff he's doing nobody's talking about he's he's really good um like Manchester's athleticism, his kicks. Um, he's he's defensive. He's harder to hit than he looks. Everyone says he's easy to hit because his his hands are down by his side, but he's not. Um, I give Chaos his respect as well. When it wasn't going his way, yeah, a couple of times, he basically just charged Pereira. Mm. Like I got I got a lot of time for that. If it's, like it's not going your way and you're willing to go out on your shield trying to get the win, happy days. I mean, obviously I know Pereira didn't didn't put him out, but he very easily put up the way Chaos was running at him. Hmm. Um, but yeah, I thought I thought it was a good fight And then interesting to see Pereira Take him down in the third as well um, So yeah, no, it was a really, really good fight Like I say, going into it I didn't have a clue what was going to happen I really didn't have a clue
0: Yeah, it was a weird one, wasn't it? He just did not know what was going to happen um, Danny, what did you make of this one, mate? Yeah, um, I mean Pereira wasn't
2: able to put on His full display that we've seen In some other matches that we've, we've watched with him um, I, I suppose because you know, he, he, he can press forward quite well, given the opportunity. It did look like Chaos was struggling a little bit to try to get him to make Wayne happen other than do the flurries. I think his flurries would a looked more technically clean but would have had more success if he learns to do combination while you're stepping your stance forward. So what I mean is, if your left leg forward, you're throwing a combination. mine's trying to throw your combination, staying left leg forward. Throw your combinations, actually make steps forward with your right leg and switch your stance and transition as you throw your combinations because being at your occasions it's quite a large area anyway Um, but Pierre has got such good rangy striking and footwork you're going to have to put into your striking if you want to be successful with your striking ways of covering that distance as you're throwing and I felt like he was trying to uh, just stay too traditional with his stance and that's just too much of a stiff style um, to make it Tactical, you want to wish to it in. So, I just felt it made him look a little bit more than a little bit stuck in the mud compared to Pereira. Um, I would have loved to see Chaos do. I mentioned a fast becoming a fan of this game. I really liked the way he fights, but this style, this type of opponent just didn't fall well for him unless he was willing to make uh, adaptive changes in preparation for this guy. I think he's got all the skill set to win. He just needs to change up those combinations a little bit to learn to be able to cover that extra distance and range against those, those footwork-oriented strikers that are so, so long as well. Um, but Pereira, yeah, he's, he's on a roll now. He's doing it so well, and I think he used a real deal. Uh, looks so muscular at the way. And um, you now I don't mean to create suspicion for anyone, but you look how muscular some of these Brazilians are. It makes you wonder what's going on. Um, did you see how muscled... Just the Elder was. I mean, they're very, very similar physique. Massively muscled um, across their back, really grounded on the top of their arms. And it looks like they were in a backpack because of their traps that are sticking up so hard. Um, yeah, I mean, how are they doing that? Um, but it seems to be just the pavilions. Um, yeah, so... Yeah, I don't need to put any doubts in there. I don't want to point the finger, but it does make me wonder sometimes. But yeah, impressive. It, He's still winning, right?
0: Yeah, but this... uh yeah, uh, well, I'll leave that one out there for, for people to speculate, Dan. You can uh, you can start the rumours, mate. Yeah,
2: um, I mean, not, not, not so I don't mean to do it that way,
0: but uh, physically, they're, they're, they're just yeah, they incredibly muscle. Un- unbelievable, muscled. don't they? I've never seen Jose Aldo look like that, I've got to say. He looked in phenomenal mm-hmm. shape. Um, yeah, yeah. There's uh, people, I saw some people saying, oh, Chaos Williams, like he's... You know, he's he was a flash in the pan or whatever. But you know, Michelle Pereira is a phenomenal fighter, um, and I don't think Chaos Williams was embarrassed in any way. So no, you know, no, I, I think, think um, who who do you
2: draft in as a training partner for for this style of guy? Hmm. He, he's so unique, and that's the difficulty. You're having to kind of learn on the job. You kind of have to guesswork what kind of you know combinations might work and, and what kind of game plan you want to make to work on him, but. You know, to make it all fit and work in real life, you're kind of having to learn to do that on the job. Um, I think Carlos Williams done pretty well considering, and um, but I'm sure if they ever go to the place again, which is an absolute possibility with look at their young ages, um, I think Carlos Williams will be coming with a slightly different game plan, be more effective next time. Um, but well done to Pereira. You know, I love watching him fight. You never know what you're going to get
0: with him. Uh, he's definitely flamboyant and definitely shiny to watch. Yeah, hundred percent. And Ben, I know you've got a shoot, mate. Um, a quarter past. So, um, very, very quickly, just get your thoughts on the the Jose Aldo Marlon Vera fight.
1: Um, I, I thought Aldo looked really good. I, I agree with you as well, Dan. He looked in mental shape. Mm. Um, it's just nuts in it, the, the question with Aldo all the time is why on earth aren't you leg kicking? Yeah. Um,
0: yeah.
1: I know he kicked a little bit in this fight, and pretty much every time he did, it was super successful. Mm. but he just doesn't do very much of it. Um, but yeah, I, I think he's really good. I, he, he suffers from that thing where up until this fight, everyone he fights is a number one contender or a champion.
0: Um,
1: mm. So it's so easy to say that he's not this and he's not that. He's fighting monsters. Um, mm. And then every time we see him fight someone who's a monster, but maybe said, you know, mid ranking, like fifth or sixth, like Jeremy Stevens, Moicano, he smashes them.
0: And, mm.
1: um, so he, he's really good in fairness to him. He really is. I thought he looked good.
0: At- uh, yeah, it was it was really interesting, mate. Danny, just before we get your thoughts on it, we'll uh, say uh, goodbye to Ben, because I know he's got to go. Ben, thank you for joining us, mate. It's uh, always a pleasure, yeah. and uh, you're always welcome. Yeah, uh, well, you done win, yeah well done on your win, Ben. Yeah, well done in your win, and I look forward to seeing you fight in the very near future.
2: I'm sure we're going to have a, a bang in 2021. And, um, again, thanks for coming on.
0: Uh, cheers, guys. All the best. Thank yeah, top man. Cheers, cheers, cheers Ben. So, Trabino. let's uh, finish us off with these last couple. So, yeah, what did you make of um, Jose Aldo and Vera? Unanimous decision in Aldo's favour, 29-28 again across the board. What did you make of it Yeah, I mean, he, he absolutely won that fight.
2: And it was nice to see him kicking and being effective. Um, uh, yeah, looking looked a little bit like Jose Aldo of old, And, you know, what Ben has to say is, kind of true, really. I think we saw him dominate over a decade so, so convincingly that maybe we're seeing him lose against top-level top guys. Maybe we are being a bit too harsh on him. and am him the little he sooner than, than we should. Maybe, maybe so. I think it's partly because he's come away from the kicking game. He seems to be trying to work his hands more as you fight. Know, maybe this is a skill set that's totally evolving and he's looking to add to the kicking game. And, and it looked like it you know, last night he put his hands and his legs together very, very well. And something else that we felt see of him, that for him to choose to engage the left hand. And he was got in and got to the back very, very quickly in that final round. And, you know, this guy's extremely good weapon as well. We just don't see any of it because he's such an accomplished striker and he uses his striker as his main weapon at all. But he has very, very good record. and he demonstrated it with great control over there. Um, very difficult, very well as well. always relevant, always became in there. But when Jose Aldo's on form and he's back to his old ways, no one could beat him for nearly a decade. So, yeah, he, he done well to hang in
0: there as long as he did not as well as he did. And um, Jose Aldo's looking so, so good and sharp as we saw him, certainly not. Yeah, 100% mate. And the main event was Stephen Thompson versus Jeff Neal with Stephen Thompson picking up the victory. Unanimous decision. 50-45 across the boards. What did you make of this for a main event? Wow, you know, five rounds of that kind of style
2: of striking attempt which is, you know, a lot of bouncing on spot, a lot of zigzagging with the footwork uh, because he chooses to have a, a low guard or no guard all the time. Um, really impressive footwork. Uh, really impressive selection of striking. Um, and Jeff is really good. He really is. And of switch that fight around very, very quickly. I think it was a case of if it goes a distance, is nearly always going to win. He's always going to have a bigger output of strikes and more precisely strikes. He fights long and also learns to fight pretty damn well in close as well for the brief times that he has to fight in close. He does very well there. But Jeff O'Neill stays so sort hard of under that barrage of striking from the outside game that Thompson was bringing. I mean, he was getting, getting caught through the guard occasionally. Know, really nice and clean. he stayed so, so poor, but I think sometimes they're a little bit too poor. I think a little bit more urgency to shut down or keep the pace on that ageing would have seen a possible different result and maybe more opportunities to win over those final championship rounds of those, round four and five. Um, generally, I feel like we kind of strategise Again, we're not in there. We're not up there, up there against someone like Conte. Totally digging into your face and body. Um, but going back on Thompson, really, really amazing. The guy's 37 years old and um, in incredible shape. He strategized his extremely well, and the output was utterly impressive. And both of them were banged up. They had a nasty headshot, didn't they? Um, yes, yeah. Look how friendly they were. I mean, we, we love it when there's a rivalry and we're, we're borderline hatred for each other. It does come up some interest. but. What an enjoyable match of respect. You know, they were looking out for mm-hmm. each other. And Jeff you and could have really taken a chance and figured advantage at Thompson when Thompson stumbled back. Um, and that's all part of the game. Stumbled back is a lot of balance. You can capitalize on that. Jeff and didn't want to win that way. He's like, come back up to your feet. Let's, let's do this. Let's clean the repair. And what utter, utter respect. And um, you really enjoyed to, to see that as well as, as well as the actual performance of both the back. So, Definitely he'll, he'll definitely be back and we can and dominant and this is a fight that we could possibly see in the run up kind of hard in the future Thompson today is now running the detail, but he's proven himself to be uh, a contender now.
0: Yeah, hundred percent. Hundred percent mate he was uh very, very impressive. Stephen Thompson is so experienced as well. Yeah. But like he's generally like he's very respectful of his opponents generally. Yes um, you know there's been the odd thing over the years but generally he's very um you know very respectful and that sort of thing um yeah i've got to say i thought um Stephen thompson his footwork is so good it's like nice even the like the speed of his kicks and i find it almost mesmerizing as i'm watching it like i really mm. enjoy watching his fights um but jeff neil i um yeah, I liked. I enjoyed his performance, and I think that was a phenomenal fight to finish off. what well, has been a, a phenomenal year's fights from the UFC, particularly, but but MMA, I think, has done a, a fantastic job for us as fans. Um, in twenty twenty, it's been a difficult year for you know various reasons. Um, many fights have been, you know fallen through for COVID and for things linked to that, but ultimately. We could have had a year of no combat sports and nothing to watch and get us through this. And I think people need to, you know, Dana White and Graham Boylan and and people from Bellator, they deserve an amazing amount of credit for getting it done and getting it done safely for the fighters and for the cameramen and the commentators. Because I think without that, I think 2020 would have been even worse. So, you know, I be looking back. I really appreciate it. Um, no UFC till the sixteenth of uh, January, which gives us a bit of um, a bit of a gap. So I think we have got some phenomenal guests joined up, uh, sort of lined up for the coming weeks. Mm-hmm. Um, what I think we'll do, mate, is probably well. There's two ways we could do, and I'd love to hear from people what they think we could do. We could either go for a slightly kind of shorter show, like about an hour, and just have a guest on and just kind of, you know, talk to them, interview them, have a chat that way. Or we could revert back to the, we'll find out what, or go back and have a look where we were with our retro reviews, do them for a few weeks, because people did enjoy them, um, and then just sort of talk any news and stuff take some questions at the end of the show where people can send in stuff for us to talk about or fights they want yeah. us to watch
2: well, i mean what do you think about you know seeing what people write in regards like the, the super fights from the past that want to
0: get reviewed again um yeah so what would what what did we do be before thing. we we um we would we will be reviewing the ufc's in order and then yeah. we were also having people send in a particular fight they wanted us to look whether it was boxing yeah, yeah. And, or and MMA just, or Yeah not just UFC. I mean um, Strikeforce strike force
2: had amazing matches you know WEC had an amazing spot, um, in real classic ones. So we could just go yeah. back and, and, and watch a couple of super fights from there yeah, absolutely yeah. so
0: yeah hit us up on Twitter or Instagram Danny but at Danny Batten FS or Ace Podcast Nation. Um tell us what like basically we'll go We'll review the next UFC show from where we were. I'll go back and have a look. But we'll also look at one sole fight on its own. If you'd like us to look at a particular fight, send it to us. The only condition is it has to either be on YouTube or on UFC Fight Pass so that we've got easy access to it. Or if you can point us to a link to a particular fight, then obviously that's great. But um, yeah, send it in. Send us in. As um, Soon as the UFC starts back up on the 16th that week, we will we'll start the guests up and rolling again. Uh, and like I said, we've got some really interesting ones. We've got uh, we've got a line, we've got journalists lined up, we've got a, a commentator lined up, we've got a couple of fighters lined up who haven't been on the show before. So um, some real great stuff. Some also some some legends and and whatnot. So some new faces, and I'm sure we'll have some uh, regular faces as well. But i really looking forward to it. Um, thank you to everyone who's uh, supported us up to now, downloaded and watched. Have a fantastic Christmas. I know it's difficult, but uh, just do what you can and uh, to have a great time. We will be back next week um, for our first retro review. Um, but, yeah, Danny, have a fantastic Christmas, mate. Yeah, everyone have a good Christmas. I Have a great Christmas. And, uh,
2: yeah, don't be this locked down. Keep you down, you know. You've got to stay positive. And
0: 2021 is going to be a better year. Yeah, mate, it can't yeah. be any worse. Yeah. As I, just um, don't let them get you down, ladies and gentlemen. Healthy body, healthy mind. Don't let them break you. Keep going. Yeah. Keep on keeping on. And uh, we'll be back next week to, to give you an hour or so's release from the crazy goings-on of the world. Until then, thank you. We'll see you next week bending a champion welcome Podcast Network.